It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there wherever you might be. A lot to get to ahead on today's edition of the show. We talk New Year's resolutions for BYU football and BYU athletics as a whole. Kind of be a week-long process here as we talk about different things. I'd like to see change or be changed in the new year for BYU. We'll also continue with our position group debriefings from the BYU football season, looking at the cornerback position. Loads of potential, a load of injuries. What does it mean for that position group coming out of the 2021 season? We'll delve into that and of course we'll catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news as well. So plenty to get to ahead on today's show. It's all brought to you by our title sponsor, our friends over at Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. All right, without further ado here on this Tuesday, let's dive on in. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for December 28th, 2021. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for joining us right here on your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars, bringing you all the latest news, notes, and minutia that you will not find anywhere else about BYU. And thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Please be sure at this time of year, especially to share this podcast with your family and friends. A lot of you are seeing them probably for the first time in quite some time, literally in some cases. So make sure if they're a BYU fan, you can tell them about this product. Say, hey, it's a daily BYU conversation, 30 minutes or less, and get you up to speed on everything with the Cougars on a daily basis. Your guys' support of the podcast is absolutely critical to our success. And please share this. I'm asking you right now, three friends. I sound like an MLM. I sound like a multi-level marketing scheme. Promise you guys, there's no downlines. You're not going to buy in. This is a free product. So there you go. There is nothing to worry about on that front. And please share it with your family and friends once again. Tell them about us here on Locked On Cougars. Now, getting going here on today's show. It is a time, obviously, as we get ready for the new year on Saturday, New Year's resolutions. A lot of you'll sit down, whether it's a digital means and write down your resolutions, or some of you like to write them down on paper and post them somewhere. Some of you just like to make them in your mind and then summarily forget about them. Hey, we're, we all have different ways that we go about it. And what I'm going to do throughout the rest of this week on the podcast, and if it necessitates it, maybe even into next week, we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions for BYU, BYU basketball, BYU football, and even BYU athletics at large. Things that I would like to see in the new year changed or I'd like to see change for BYU as they go about their new uh, things in the 2022 calendar year. Obviously, we're already in the midst of the 2021-2022 academic year. Football season is over, basketball ongoing, but you guys get the gist. So the, the thing about resolutions, and trust me, I am awful at resolutions. I'll, I'll set a resolution and be like, All right, I'm going to do this, and I make it one, two, three weeks sometimes, and 
yeah, then it kind of falls by the wayside. But I can tell you this much. One thing I have learned about resolutions, and a big part of it is due to the weight loss routine I have taken on over the past year that I started up in February of all times, and I've had great success losing 45 pounds this year. It's been one of the few things in my life that I've kind of stuck to long term, and it's paid dividends. And Hey, it works. But the thing about resolutions, they are controllable. So you've heard me probably talk about, you've heard other people talk about controlling the controllable, things that you individually can control. There are things outside of everybody's control, and that goes for BYU as well. One thing, obviously, I think many of you would point to right away as a New Year's resolution for BYU is to stay healthy in 2022. Folks, injuries are random, and at the very minimum, you can only control so much of how an injury might occur or how to prevent an injury, the prehab, as you, as you might put it. That type of stuff, yes, it's nice to wish for good health for BYU in 2022, and obviously, I am wishing for that in spades. I'd love nothing more than to see BYU football make it through an entire season relatively healthy. This past season was a brutal one. All kinds of injuries. Man man hours, games lost due to injury were just absolutely incredible. And obviously, you'd like to see that improve. But one thing I think I want to see BYU, outside of injuries and the happenstance with that, the luck that goes with that, is I'd like to see BYU continue to refine their philosophy towards how they operate as a team as they move towards joining the Big 12. And this in particular, how they operate on defense. And what I mean by by this is I look at BYU's defense and I feel like game to game and even in some cases series to series you're not 100% certain how BYU is going to operate and what I mean by that is there are times they'll come out in a three-man front and then seemingly the very next series they can come out in a four-man front and even in, in the same series they'll go between a four or a three or even a five-man front at different times you saw that all during the 2021 season I would like to see BYU firmly establish what they are philosophically along the defensive line, whether they're what they call an even front or an odd front defense. And what that is, if for those of you wondering, is an odd front defense means you have an odd number of defensive players lined up along the line of scrimmage at the snap of the football. So if you have three down linemen, and many of you will probably remember the Bronco Mendenhall era, he played in that 3-4 defense. They had three linemen along the defensive line in a three-point stance when the ball was snapped. They had four linebackers behind them. Under Kalani Sitake, through his six seasons, leading BYU. And by the way, today we are 249 days away from the season opener for BYU. So those of you keeping track at home, we're inside 250 days. Get excited for that. But the, the thing about this is BYU, I want to see them narrow in on if they're going to be a four-man front or a three-man front and settle on that as their defensive philosophy. I feel like the jumping back and forth between a three or what I call an odd-man front or an even front, the four-man front, confuses everybody. Coaches, players, administrators, fans, everybody is confused as to what BYU is doing. I want to see them narrow in on what their philosophy is going to be on that. If they're going to play with a four-man front, great. Zero in on it. If you want to play with kind of that hybrid where that Trevor Riley at Utah where he's kind of that stand-up hybrid defensive end, a guy like Pepe Tonovasa who played that position extremely well this year, make that your base defense. 
but I don't want to see going forward more of BYU saying, okay, we're going to play a three-man front against this opponent. Next week, guys, okay, we're going with a four-man front. So get ready for that. I feel like it does a disservice, especially to the players who are trying to master their positions. Another thing I'd like to see focused in on on defense for BYU is what they're looking for, especially along the defensive line. They have taken on a number of what I like to term projects in recruiting recently. You can think of guys they have brought in. Think of this year's recruiting class. Yeah, Brooks Jones, a guy who has barely played football up until last year, they're bringing him and expecting him to be a defensive lineman. Also, Caden Chidester, who is an all-state basketball player here in the state of Utah, has very sparse football experience outside of this past season. He's expected to come in and be a defensive lineman for BYU. The projects BYU has taken along taken on along the defensive line. So maybe this is more of a defensive line conversation than anything else. I just feel like they're taking on too many projects without those projects panning out. Now, they will obviously, if you were to give them some truth serum, or even if without truth serum, you ask the BYU coaches, in particular, Elisa Tuiaki, Preston Hadley, and Kalani Sitake, they'd probably point to a guy like Kairos Tonga and say, well, that's a project that panned out because Kairos Tonga was a high school tight end. Yes, it's hard to believe that a six foot four, 330-pound leviathan of a man was a, once upon a time a tight end who had never played defensive line. I think the bloodlines and what you saw in the frame of Kairos Tonga led you to think, okay, that guy's going to play defensive line. And he he did pan out. But right now, I just look at it, and I feel like guys like John Nelson, I can think of, uh, Josh Larson, also Blake Mangelson, are three guys that I'm highlighting who are good players, but are being asked to take on new roles along BYU's defensive line, and they are quote-unquote projects, especially at defensive tackle. If they pan out, great. And maybe it's going to be next year that they do start to really show the dividends of the work they have put in. I think also another thing could be the health aspect we already talked about. If Lorenzo Fawatea, Caden Hawes, and Nisa Mahe, if they're able to stay healthy and not have to deal with various injuries, how much different does BYU's defensive line look with them at full health? I don't know. So maybe my concern is just a one or two year blip here and they're going to get right back to developing fine talent along that defensive line and their long term gamble on these quote unquote projects will prove me wrong. And maybe I'll be proven wrong in the 2022 season, but I'd also like to see more proven products given an opportunity to show what they can do along BYU's defensive line. I'm not saying they don't have those guys. Guys like Tyler Batty, he's an absolute stud. He's a true defensive end in every sense of the word, but I'd like to see more of guys like him given an opportunity alongside some of those projects and not lean so far in one direction and make it more of a little a little more balanced I guess is what I'm looking for but I guess only time will tell and I would love to have you guys weigh in with your news New Year's resolutions for BYU whether they're football resolutions basketball resolutions anything else in the BYU athletic department or just BYU in general you like to see some New Year's resolutions feel free to weigh in with them you can follow the show on social media Facebook Instagram and Twitter search out locked on Cougars you're also going to email your resolutions to us locked on BYU at gmail.com is the email address always love having your guys's interaction on the show and coming up next we continue on on with our BYU football position debriefings. We talked about the quarterback position yesterday. Today we flip over to the defense and talk about BYU's cornerback unit in their defensive secondary. A lot of injuries at that position group. What does it portend for them as they come out of 2021 and looking forward? We'll talk about all of that in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Intercap Lending and of course they are a local sponsor here on the podcast and we love having them on board. And There is a reason that no lender helps 
service more families in Utah with their mortgage needs than our friends at Intercap Lending. And simply put, Intercap gets deals done. They feature a quick and simple process. They close loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And though fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process for you, the consumer. And that is what Locked On's personal loan officer at Intercap, Steve Carter, has delivered to hundreds of Locked On listeners so far, including Locked On founder David Locke. Yes, the podfather himself, David Locke, has worked with Intercap. I would encourage you guys to give them that opportunity to serve you as well. And although Intercap is new to the Locked On Cougars podcast, it is not a new company. They have been assisting customers with all of their mortgage needs since 1978. That is 43 years of experience behind them, soon to be 44 years of experience. And Steve Carter has been providing Locked On listeners with that experience, that grade A experience since 2018. Intercap is headquartered here in Utah, but licensed to help with all of your mortgage needs in more than 40 states. So give Steve a call. I'd be happy to help you guys out. His number, direct line, 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer than Steve Carter. So check it out, my friends. Uh, Go to intercaplending.com if you want to learn more or reach out to Steve directly. He'd be happy to answer any questions you got. 385-800-8528. NMLS number 190465. Intercap lending is an equal housing lender it's kubota orange day shop the year's best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the usa and now through june 30 get zero percent apr for 84 months or up to 3300 off select compact tractors see the details at kubotaorangedays.com your family your land and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on so find your local dealer today that's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I want to encourage you guys to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021. It features local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis of all of the New Year's Six Bowl games as well as the College Football Playoff. The most comprehensive College Football Playoff Preview is available now wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, let's continue on with our position debriefings looking at each position group for the BYU football program coming out of the 2021 season. Yesterday on the podcast, we talked about Jaron Hall and the rest of the BYU quarterbacks. Now we're going to flip over to the defense and talk about BYU's cornerback position. I feel like this is a position group that is still loaded with all kinds of potential, and some of that potential really displayed itself during the 2021 season because BYU did go 6-1 and one versus Power 5 competition and ostensibly against the best athletes in mass that BYU has ever faced in their football history. Now, some of you might argue that's, uh, that's uh, to be quibbled with, but nonetheless, there is a lot to like about BYU's cornerback position. We're going to start off with, I think, one of the unsung heroes of BYU's defense this season, and that is D'Angelo Mandel. We need to appreciate what this young man did. He was the only cornerback to start every game in 2021 and the only defender to start every game of the season outside of Malik Moore, who started every game at safety for BYU. Think about that. Of the 11 Game 1 starters against Arizona, only two guys finished Game 13 against UAB as a starter in every contest and those were in the defensive backfield so Mandel, D'Lo himself 
and Malik Moore. Very cool to see both of them get that opportunity, but Mandel, I felt like, was overlooked in a large way because he finished with 36 total tackles, 25 of them solo, and four pass breakups, and he became essentially that lockdown corner who, whichever side of the field he was on, the opposing team did not want to go there. He locked down one side of the field. He became, I guess, what I would call a true cover corner for BYU in 2021, and really, really liked what I saw from him. He's got an elite size at six foot one, 190 pounds. If he continues his ascension the path that he is on folks i'm telling you chris wilcox got got opportunities and is still getting opportunities in the nfl d'angelo mandel is the next one up i feel like from byu now keenan ellis started opposite of mandel versus arizona and then very early on in that game suffered that horrific concussion injury it looked a whole lot more serious when that when it happened then he was lost for the season due to those concussion like symptoms Uh, he's been battling them most of the season based last last i had heard this was late in november he was still battling those, but the hope was that they were going to continue to uh, significantly clear up and he would be available for the 2022 season. What I like about Keenan Ellis is he's got that same type of size, six foot, 180 pounds, and appears to be a true cover corner in his own right when he's been on the field for BYU. The problem has been he has had spurts and stops during his entirety of his time at BYU due to injury concerns. And of course, this concussion concern is the latest in that long line. I am hopeful he will get that platformed or ultimately show what he can do because there is a reason why he was named as a starting cornerback for BYU going into the 2021 season. BYU coaches, Gennaro Guilford, the cornerbacks coach, was very high on uh, Keenan Ellis's ability, and the hope is that in 2022, he can realize some of that and get back to full health. That is my sincere hope that he gets that. Isaiah Heron replaced Ellis, obviously, in that Arizona game, and then started the next two games against Utah and Arizona State while making 10 appearances in all. Injuries hit him down the stretch after he was supplanted by Caleb Hayes, who we'll talk about here in a moment. Heron finished with 13 total tackles, nine of them solo, and three, three pass breakups during his appearances for BYU. I thought Heron did okay, but obviously did not do enough to hold on to that position. And I think it was due in large part, it was just taken away by Caleb Hayes. So Isaiah Heron, he is very much a valuable depth piece for BYU. And you can expect that he will continue to challenge for playing time for however long he's in a BYU uniform. He is listed as a redshirt sophomore currently. So technically could have a few more years on his side to play for BYU. And we'll see what happens. But Caleb Hayes, I felt like came in and just took that job away. That, that's simply what happened. Hayes came in uh, and was a transfer from Oregon State, started slow, appearing as a reserve in the first three games, but then started the final 10 games opposite of D'Angelo Mandel. He finished the season with 26 total tackles, 21 of them solo, 11 pass breakups, was actually tied for ninth in the football bowl subdivision. A very, very nice season for him. Uh, for example, BYU single season record for pass breakups, and this record has only been around since 2000 because that's that's when the stats started being held, uh, not being held, being kept uh, in mass by the NCAA. Jordan uh, Jordan Johnson had 15 in the 2020-12 season. The career mark is Daniel Sorensen with 22 over his entire career. So, Caleb Hayes is halfway to the career mark in just one season as a BYU defensive back. Has good size, 5'11", 190 pounds. Very much showed that teams that wanted to pick on him and thought he was the weak leak in BYU secondary. As the season went on, he got better 
and better and better. And you can expect with another offseason of work, he is going to be even better entering the 2022 season. I would figure in spring ball, you're going to have both D'Angelo Mandel and Caleb Hayes as your starting cornerbacks. If Keenan Ellis is cleared, he'll obviously be in the mix as well as Isaiah Heron. But there are other guys in the mix as well. Jacob Robinson started the season as BYU starting nickel cornerback before moving to safety due to depth concerns there. His long-term spot is to be determined, but he did tally 28 total tackles, 23 of them solo, three interceptions of seven pass breakups for the season. Uh, his issue, if he's going to stay at safety long-term, is he is rail thin for a safety. They list him at 5'10", 165 pounds, and I'd be surprised if he's 165 pounds. If he's going to play safety, he needs to pack on 30, 40 pounds maybe? I don't know. I think that nickel cornerback spot was a good spot for him, but he was very good as a safety as well when he was able to sit back and kind of read the field and go and make plays alongside Malik Moore. So who knows where his ultimate uh, destiny lies as a BYU Cougar, but I liked a lot about Jacob Robinson's skill set. He was productive in his first season as a Cougar, and a guy who came in as kind of a guy, oh, we'll see what he, get, what he gives us. Well, he gave you some very, very valuable snaps and became a critical piece on the back into BYU's secondary when he moved over to safety. Other guys to keep an eye on. Shimon Willis continues to be a reserve that's quite capable. Made 11 appearances. You wouldn't believe that if, if unless you were to look at it. And four total tackles during the season. Willis is never going to be the biggest guy at cornerback for BYU, listed at 5'10", 180 pounds. But when he's out there, you know he is confident in his skills. He is a guy who has not made a stink about the lack of playing time he's gotten in his BYU career. He's a legacy prospect, obviously. His father, Jamal Willis, one of the great running backs in BYU football history. But I really like what Shamal Willis has contributed. As, as long as he's at BYU, you can expect he will continue to find his way on the field in some form or fashion. He's just always there, seemingly in a reserve role. Jacob Boren really busted onto the scene this year, particularly in that Washington State game at that nickel back or hybrid spot, but did make appearances in all 13 games, some of them as a guy on special teams with one start on the season. Really liked what Boren brought. He totaled 20 total tackles on the season, 13 of those solo, two pass breakups, and one forced fumble. He is not a big guy, five foot nine, 180 pounds, but he has proven when he's been put in a spot to succeed, whether it's a matchup or something that he is capable of accomplishing, he is going to go out and do it. He is a critical critical part of I think what is going to be BYU's cornerback room, particularly at those hybrid spots, the nickel spot. He is going to be part of that. Whether he starts in 2022, we'll see, but I really really thought he broke onto the scene and really showed what he can do as a walk-on with the BYU football program. Other guys to keep an eye on moving forward here, Micah Harper was cleared to resume practicing coming off an ACL tear mid-season, but never appeared in a game in the 2021 season. He did total 25 total tackles, 15 of them solo, one pass breakup, and one fumble recovery in the 2020 season before tearing his ACL. I would expect him to come back in spring ball and begin challenging for playing time immediately, and I would expect he anticipates earning his starting job back. He truly, I think, is expecting that he will be right back in the mix for it. He's also not one of the big guys out there at cornerback, but has good size. Five foot ten, 185 pounds. I really liked what we saw from him as a true freshman stepping in to start for BYU at cornerback. And if he is back to what he was before that ACL tear, expect you will be hearing about Micah Harper making a big move up the depth chart for BYU. Caleb Christensen is a return guy for BYU and saw some defensive back duty at the hybrid spots for BYU with one 
hold tackle during the season. He did miss four games with an injury and never looked 100% once he returned from that injury. We'll see what happens with Christensen. I am ca- I'm not capable. I am in consideration of what his long-term role will be for BYU, especially on defense. They brought him in because they thought he was a true return specialist, so he's obviously going to be in the mix on special teams. If he turns into maybe the next Jacob Bourne or even an upgraded version of Jacob Bourne as a guy who's a scholarship player and has more sides than Bourne at 5'10", 185 pounds, that'd be a big win for BYU. But the jury is still out on what Caleb Christensen is going to do for the Cougars defensively. JaVel Brown is still looking for a long-term home, whether that's in the uh, cornerback or safety in the defensive backfield. That seems to be settled. He will be playing defense for the entirety of his career at BYU. He's got elite size, six foot one, 190 pounds, totaled three tackles in the 2021 season. We'll see what he ultimately uh, ends up doing for BYU, but two other names to keep an eye on as they will try to make a move up the depth chart this spring and on into the summer and training camp are Quentin Rice and Ethan Slade. Quentin Rice may grow himself into playing safety at BYU, but the son of former BYU BYU star uh, Rodney Rice is a guy that I think has all the potential in the world to be a really, really good player. Ethan Slade made a lot of waves during training camp. I continually heard about his name. He's just making play after play. He did have a tackle in the Arizona game, but then kind of just saw spot duty the rest of the year. Did not actually appear in a game. Actually, I'm looking at no games after the Arizona game. So, Obviously, uh, he will be looking to earn more playing time going into 2022, but those are two other names to keep an eye on from the cornerback position. I think my overall assessment of this is just think about all the injuries we just talked about for BYU's cornerbacks. If they have a healthy season, this cornerback position group can be what, three, maybe four guys deep? And I don't say that just to throw it against the wall and make it sound all hunky-dory. I truly believe the talent, the depth, and the overall ability is there for BYU to be that deep at cornerback. The problem is, at this point, similar to what we talked about with quarterbacks yesterday, is injuries are part of the equation with this, with this position group. So you've got to plan for injuries to take its toll and obviously have guys willing and be able to step in and make up for the losses when the injury bug does hit. But I think overall, a very, very talented position. Had a lot of nice production, especially out of Caleb Hayes as well as D'Angelo Mandel. And the hope is they will have some of their buddies along for the ride during 2022 and hopefully more success for them on the back end of BYU's defense. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll get to one more uh, New Year's resolution I have for BYU as a whole. BYU's athletic department. I have a New Year's resolution I want to touch on, and we'll also catch you guys up on the other news involving BYU Athletics. Player of the Week awards handed out by the West Coast Conference and men's and women's hoops that involve BYU. We'll get to all of that in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. They've had you covered all uh, of the holiday season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Football continues its march through the college bowl season as well as the pro football playoffs looming just at, what, two, three weeks out. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all of your sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just be sure to use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball to football to NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available from our friends at BetOnline as they are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available all the time at BetOnline.ag. It seems like every day they're offering something new so check it often it's all courtesy of bet online where the game starts 
It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Before we get out of here on this Tuesday edition of the show, let's catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. First things first, congratulations to BYU's Fusini Traore. He was rewarded for his performance last week at the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic as he claimed both West Coast Conference Men's Basketball Player of the Week as well as WCC Freshman of the Week honor. So he swept the awards. He becomes the second Cougar this season to be named Player of the Week and the first to earn Freshman of the Week since Caleb Lohner way back in February 22nd of the this past of uh, this year, actually, not this past year, this year, February 22nd, 2021. Obviously, Triori was named to the all tournament team, had fantastic performance against Liberty 19 points. He averaged a double double uh, in the tournament 13 points and 12 and a half rebounds per game, had 11 points and nine rebounds in their win over South Florida, a career high 15 rebounds against Vanderbilt in the semifinal, and his first career start against Liberty 19 points and 13 rebounds, six of seven from the field, seven of eight from the free throw line as they defeated the Flames, speaking of the Cougars, 80-75, to and avoided losing back-to-back regular season games for the first time since under coach Mark Pope. It's an absolutely incredible streak, by the way. Pope has never lost back-to-back games in his tenure as BYU men's basketball coach. That's a pretty significant thing that I just, it's proven that if they lose a game, do not bet on BYU to lose the next game. They seem to make fantastic adjustments. Congratulations to Fusini Traore on that award. He was joined on the women's side of things by Lauren Gustin, who had a fantastic week of her own in a win over Montana State as they rounded out non-conference play. Uh, she tallied her fifth double-double of the season with 15 points and 18 rebounds in an 89-67 to blowout of the Bobcats that earned her WCC Player of the Week honors. Uh, fantastic for her and also BYU women's hoops as a result of that victory. They moved up one spot to number 18 in the AP Top 25 poll released yesterday. The Open West Coast Conference play Thursday against San Diego. The men's team, for the first time uh, since the preseason, did not get any votes in the polls this week. A little bit disappointing, but alas, when you lose games like you did against Vanderbilt, I think the national pollsters say, you know what? can write them off for now, but maybe BYU will have a nice run in the West Coast Conference and show those writers that they should reconsider their position on BYU. Now, the final thing before we go on today's show is my final New Year's resolution for BYU, and this one goes for the athletic department as a whole. And this goes across all different sports for BYU. And that is my resolution for the BYU Athletic Department in 2022 is for them to win a national championship. I don't care the sport. I just want to see them atop the mountaintop in whatever sport it is. We saw that women's soccer come agonizingly close, close, excuse me, one penalty kick away from a national championship. We've seen men's volleyball on the doorstep. We've seen women's volleyball make it to the final four. Seems like outside of men's and women's cross country, none of the other sports who have made it to the championship round of whatever sport they happen to be competing in, they have not been able to get over the top and win that championship. So it is my New Year's resolution for BYU to do whatever they can within their power to 
win a national championship this year. I would love nothing more than to crow about BYU women's soccer winning the 2022 College Cup or to have BYU men's volleyball this coming spring. Talk about them winning the men's Final Four and finally winning a national title for the first time since 2004. 17 years between national championships for men's volleyball. Far too long with, I think, what, three or four national championship appearances that they have fallen short in. I want to see a BYU team win the Natty. That is my resolution for BYU's athletic department in 2022. Doesn't matter the sport, just give me a national championship to go on about. I would love nothing more than to give whatever sport does it their due as a national championship team. So there you go. That's my final resolution and my final note for today's show. That's going to do it. A big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Make sure you get over to Locked On Bets now and catch up on all the betting news out there. Win some money with the help of our friends over there at Locked On Bets and also check out Locked On Big 12. Josh Neighbors doing a lot of good work over there making sure you are up to speed on everything going on in the Big 12 Conference, which is BYU's future home for all of their sports. Get both of those podcasts free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you join us again tomorrow right here on this podcast. Alright, that's going to do it. Have a great day, my friends. We'll talk to you soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 28th, 2021. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.